Welcome to 3R Thursday, where we provide ruminations, reflections, and readings every Thursday to encourage Christians in their pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. In that hideous strength by C.S. Lewis, the two main protagonists, Mark and his wife Jane, have been separated from each other while fighting a different battle against the same enemy, a very nefarious force that has infiltrated this small community. Throughout the novel, Jane has been struggling with respecting her husband and graciously submitting to his headship. But Mark has also been struggling with loving his wife and cherishing her. He's been too focused on selfish ambition and the pursuit of worldly approval, in particular approval of very evil men. As the characters are about to be reunited, each comes to love the other in the way that God intended, sacrificially. Here, Mark reflects on when he first met Jane. When she first crossed the dry and dusty world which his mind inhabited, she had been like a spring shower, and opening himself to it, he had not been mistaken. He had gone wrong only in assuming that marriage by itself gave him either power or title to appropriate that freshness. As he now saw, one might as well thought one could buy a sunset by buying the field from which one had seen it. I love that picture of marriage as a beautiful sunset. Can you picture some of those sunsets that you've seen in your own life? I think my favorite one, at least the one that immediately comes to mind, is seeing the sunset over the Grand Canyon. I was, uh, let's see, 19 years old. It was my summer after my freshman year of college, and uh, I took this incredible road trip throughout the American West. And when I got to the Grand Canyon, I'd been driving all day and I wanted to make sure I could get there in time to see it. Uh, there was no more parking. So of course I found a, a illegal place to park my car for just a quick minute and ran through some trees to get to the edge of the canyon. And there it was, the sun was setting. There are the, the purples and the reds, yellows, oranges, and pinks all reverberating off of those walls. The Grand Canyon is <laughs> nothing short of grand. I hope you have seen it, but then if you could imagine, and perhaps you've seen it yourself, the colors that echo throughout the canyon walls. I mean, beautiful, beautiful does not do that justice, right? The sublime was made real. So it's easy to picture marriage and the beauty that comes from marriage as a sunset. But the metaphor of a sunset is not entirely accurate, is it? It doesn't fully encapsulate what marriage is. It would be great if that much beauty could, it, it could endure forever. But inevitably, the sun sets, right? It becomes dark. Sometimes it can even be cold. Why is that? In the screw tape letters, C.S. Lewis calls us amphibians because we are dual-natured. We occupy two worlds. We are bound by the flesh and the spirit. We go up and down through a series of troughs and peaks. This same undulation can be seen in marriage as well. We have our good moments, the beautiful sunset, and we have our bad fights, the darkness that follows. 
We reconcile the sunrise and the warmth of the noonday sun is felt throughout our home and everywhere we go. Yet, inevitably, the sun sets again and the darkness follows, up and down, back and forth, what C.S. Lewis calls the law of undulation. Is it possible then to just have the sunset within our marriages? Or in other words, can we buy the sunset by buying the field from which we have seen it? Not quite. This isn't the same as the treasure hidden in a field. We know our marriages will follow the cyclical nature of the sun. There will be plenty of beautiful sunsets and sunrises, and there will also be plenty of times of darkness and seasons of winter. We also know that we long to return to the sunset, no matter how mad we are at our spouses for doing X, Y, or Z, or how vindicated we want to feel as a result. We long for the sun to shine again, and the sun also longs to rise again. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. Moreover, Paul tells the Ephesians that marriage is a profound mystery because it reflects the same profundity of God's love for us. Paul commands husbands to love our wives just as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. This love is not domineering, nor is it selfish, childish, or impotent. Rather, this love is sacrificial and joyful. Mark, going back to that hideous strength, had to learn this, or perhaps discover it, throughout the course of the novel. While he was busy advancing his career and notoriety, Jane was becoming a shell of a woman, adamantly refusing to follow Mark's lead and doing everything she could to be her own person, full of dreams, some quite terrible, and aspirations. And yet, the more she separated herself from Mark, the more miserable she became. Husbands, we are called to joyfully sacrifice our pride, ambition, ego, lust, avarice, fear, all for the sake of loving our wives like Christ loves the church. Doug Wilson defines masculinity as the glad assumption of the sacrificial responsibilities that God assigned to men. After all, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. But inevitably, what happens? The law of undulation shows back up. We become incrementally separated from God, our wives, our children, our church, our work. We look for a way out and see all of life's possibilities unfold like a figless fig tree. And there we are again, worshiping at the altar of the unknown future.
but God remains steadfast. His love endures through the days and the seasons. Psalm is full of this imagery. In chapter 50, the psalmist says, The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. And later on in chapter 113, praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth. He raises the poor from dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. So yes, our marriages will go through cycles. It will feel like the sun has set, never to rise again, but we are to tend to our fields, to cultivate, curate, and protect our garden, to gladly assume the sacrificial responsibilities that God assigned to us as men. God's love remains steadfast. He is our strength, our song, our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. It is not our strength that enables us to rise up, but God's strength through us. The prophet Malachi echoes this truth about the Lord Almighty. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name, that is the Lord Almighty, will be great among the nations, and in every place Incense will be offered to my name, a pure offering for my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Suffice it to say, if we find ourselves in the nighttime cycle of our marriages, the only hope we have of daylight is turning back to God. He is our everlasting light and he is mighty to save. To conclude this week, let me read from chapter 60 of Isaiah. The sun shall be no more your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light, but the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. Your people shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I might be glorified. The least one shall become a clan, and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will hasten it. Praise God that he is the everlasting light, the light that illuminates the beauty of marriage. I pray that the sunsets would be long and fully enjoyed and the nights would be short within our marriages. 
Thank you for listening this week. If this encouraged you at all, would you please forward this on or share it with one of your friends, someone else that needs this encouragement as well. Thank you very much. God bless, and we'll see you next Thursday for 3R Thursday. Hey guys, real quick before you take off, if you are not already subscribed to the newsletter, would you please go uh, there now? I think there's a link there in Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening. But I want to go ahead and include a resource that has uh, helped me um, throughout our marriage. I've not been perfect at implementing it, but it's always there as a reminder. But it's, it's basically five questions to build up what we call our us. We are a team. We are a married couple. We are one flesh. And so these questions are... Uh, questions that were given to us in the marriage ministry there at Southside Baptist Church in Abilene, Texas. They are a great way to just touch base uh, with our wives, to check in with her. And I think that's a great way to take charge, to lead out, have dominion over your home, over your marriage, and ultimately rise up and build. So if you're interested in that, uh, subscribe to the newsletter. You can check it out there. The link's there uh, for you as well. But otherwise, thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. God bless and take care. This is the part of the podcast where I ask you to rate us with a five-star review and share with all of your friends. Thank you and God bless.